I will sing forever of your love come down With my hands to heaven shout your praises loud I was lost in darkness when you pulled me out I will sing forever when your love comes down fun way to start this morning. Uh, we just need a second for George to switch guitars, and if you want to stand up, we'll get started with our regular time of worship.
split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears were drowned in perfect love. You rescued me so I could stand by and sing. I am a child of God. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears were drowned in perfect love. You rescued me so I could stand and sing. I am a child of God. I am a child. Good morning. Welcome to Hopevale this morning. Would you take a few moments and introduce yourself to somebody around you? Well, good morning again, everybody. I'm Sam. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. Welcome to Hopevale. I am uh, joined up here on the stage by Kyle and Stephanie Fletcher. Kyle is our newest uh, staff member here at Hopevale. He is our student ministries creative program director, and I know that you're like, I have no idea what that even means. Um, what that means is that outside of the teaching elements and the small group elements of our student ministries on Sunday night, Kyle is in charge of all the rest of that. And this is his wife, Stephanie, and they are going to be working together on that. They both are highly gifted. Um, Kyle actually grew up right here in Michigan. Um, he was my intern three years ago, and so he's come back. He went to Hillsong College for a couple years and met this lovely woman, Stephanie. Um, she's from North Carolina, so if you hear her talk, you will, yeah, you, you'll, you'll catch that real quick. And so uh, they met at Hillsong College, and they're going to be bringing an awesome amount of energy and excitement to our student ministry. So if you are a middle school or high school student here, and maybe it's been a long time since you've been at any of our programming on Sunday nights, or maybe you've never been, we want to invite you to come. Tonight we're kind of doing a little bit of a relaunch in our high school ministry, and you do not want to miss it, trust me. So it's going to be an awesome time. So let's welcome Kyle and Stephanie to our church and say we're glad that they're here. We are excited that they're here with us. And I just want to take just a couple seconds just to pray for them and just to uh, kind of get their ministry started off in the right way. So would you bow in prayer with me? God, thank you so much for, um, for Kyle and Stephanie and what they're, um, they're bringing to our, our church and our, our students. And um, we're just really excited for them and uh, the beginning of their ministry. And God, I just pray that you bless them, use them in a big way to impact high schoolers and middle schoolers and college students in this area for Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. And thanks, guys. Um, if you want to get to know them a little better, I know this is like really quick, but if you want to get to know them a little better, they're going to be hanging around here all this morning. Um, and also, probably about Wednesday or Thursday this week, um, I'm going to sit down with them and do an interview with them and put it on our blog, on our uh, website. I don't, know if you, I don't know if you know this or not, but on our, our webpage, on the front page, if you scroll down to the left-hand side, there's a little thing that says the uh, blog. 
And uh, there's different pastors or different people around the church who write on that um, about different topics. And so we're going to do an interview, a, a question and answer time with them so you can get to know them a little better. So look for that Wednesday, Thursday-ish on our uh, website. A couple more announcements today. Um, Student Ministries Retreat officially kicks off today. We have our registration open now. And today we're doing kind of a Black Friday, but on a Sunday, um, kind of a thing where we're going to do a one-day sale. Uh, So if you want to sign up today, you save a lot of money. You get the price of $155 versus retreat actually costs $185. And our early bird prices are $165. So today, one day only, you get the price of $155. Per kid tomorrow it goes up to 165 and that price lasts for a couple weeks and then it goes up to 185 so sign up today it is the most amazing weekend of your kids life I promise you of your kids year it's gonna be awesome every student who's ever gone to retreat they come back saying this thing was amazing it changed my life I, I'm closer to Jesus because of it so get them signed up it's it's an awesome time and it's an awesome thing that you can invest in the life of your kids with um, also, we have Get to Know Hopevale today. If you are a, a part of our church, but you're kind of newer, or maybe you've kind of been coming, but you're really kind of wondering, you know, who, who we are as a church, uh, what we believe, how you fit, and you want to know more about that today at noon, we have the lunch edition of Get to Know Hopevale. And uh, it's down in our venue. You can stop by there. We have lunch. It's going to be awesome. If you've, if you've signed up, make sure you're there. If you haven't signed up but you still want to go, there, I think there's still room. So that's at noon today in the venue. All right? We're going to pray for our offering. We're going to have the ushers come forward. Um, we get to experience um, worship in many different ways on a Sunday morning. But one of those ways is by giving back just a portion of what God has blessed us with. And so uh, as we do that, let's pray. God, I, I thank you for just this morning. And just the, uh, the time we've been able to spend with you, singing songs about you, singing songs to you. And God, we're going to spend some time later hearing from your word, hearing the words of Jesus as he talked on, on that mountainside and showed us what it really means to live a life that's blessed. But God, we just want to, to pause here for a second and just acknowledge that you've given us many things and you've blessed us with many things. And we just want to take a portion of that and give it back in a cheerful and loving way. And we know that you're going to use these gifts that we give to bless other people, to do ministry both here in Saginaw Township and Saginaw and the the Great Lakes Bay region, but also around the world. And so, God, we we love the, the fact that we get to partner with you in this. And so, God, we want to give with that heart in mind. In Jesus' name, amen.
Those who long for making peace, they will be called the children of our God. Of our God. Blessed are the meek, for they receive the earth and all that's found in you. please as we continue with worship this morning. See our 
Father, as we look forward to this series, we want to discover the blessings of the Beatitudes. These are seemingly simple words, but they're words that have guided our forefathers and mothers for centuries, and words that they can live by. So we just ask that we, uh, we will look towards that end of digging deeper into these words. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You can go ahead and have a seat. So what does it mean to be blessed? What does it mean to be truly blessed? Is it, as we just saw, getting a nice car as an early birthday present? Or is it taking a trip to Vegas in the middle of winter? Doesn't sound bad right now, right? Or is it spending your first Christmas in a new house? All good things, but is that what it means to be blessed? 
Just last week, I saw a college football player announce on social media that he will be leaving early for the NFL draft. Hashtag blessed. Those are just some examples. Maybe you have a few of your own. Good health, faithful friends, a bump in pay, a happy home with overachieving children, walking away unscathed from a serious car accident, or maybe it's even just being part of a church family like this. I suppose there are many things we could put under the banner of being hashtag blessed, and quite frankly, I don't think we should be quick to judge what someone else might consider a blessing, even if it does seem kind of silly to us. Because even though we might think differently about what qualifies as a blessing, I think it's safe to say that everyone who does believe in blessings wants to be blessed, right? We want to be blessed. We want to lead a blessed life. That blessings are a good thing to have, whether physically, spiritually, emotionally, or relationally. Whatever area of our lives those blessings might touch, we long to have the enrichment, the betterment of life that comes when we are blessed. So I don't really want to spend any time convincing you that you should want to be blessed, right? I'm just going to assume that's the case. Pretty obvious, right? But there's something else about being blessed that should be just as obvious to us, and yet I, I feel the need to point it out. That captured in this whole idea of blessings is not just that something good has come my way, but blessings also imply the concept of a blessor and a blessee, right? A blessor and a blessee, which, by the way, don't run those words through a spell check because they won't show up. But you know what I'm talking about, right? A blessor and a blessee, that with every blessing there is one who gives the blessing, who shares this wonderful life-enriching gift, but then there is also the one who receives the blessing, the one that is hashtag blessed. The blessor who gives, the blessee who receives. Pretty simple. And then to keep things simple, let me state one more thing about blessings that should be rather obvious, especially right now. Because we are in a church at this moment, And because churches talk about God, then if we feel blessed, then we're essentially saying what? That it is God who gives us those blessings. He is the blessor. He is the gracious one who generously shares his gifts with us. That's why the composer of that classic Christian hymn of worship, the doxology, starts off with those beautiful words, praise God from whom all blessings flow. So deep down, you and I, we want to be blessed. And as people of faith, we recognize that God is the source of these blessings. Now, usually by this point, people rush then to the next question. So how do I get them? How do I get God's blessings upon my life? And what do I have to do to make God bless me? And guess what? There are a lot of people out there who are more than willing to tell you that they have the answer persuasive people, influential people, authoritative people, religious people, people who can sound so convincing, right? Like the well-dressed, smooth-talking preacher on TV who tells you that God's blessings are right within your reach if you'd only have more faith. More faith and that you need to express that faith by sacrificially giving to their ministry. Blessings guaranteed. 
Then there's the stern-looking, strict-sounding local church minister who constantly is pointing out your failures, warning you of your doom, and scaring you into living properly. Blessings are possible, but you certainly must not be doing enough. That's why your life is so hard. And so you try to attend every service, say all your prayers, obey all the rules, avoid every sin, and just keep on working harder to turn things around so you can earn those blessings. And then there's also that highly opinionated, superstitious relative of yours. He, she, they're also religious. But for them, you've got to make sure you're doing everything just so. Now, faithfully going to church services is part of that. Can't miss a week. But then there's all the other stuff, right? The special Christian jewelry they wear, the figurines in their house, the art on their wall. There's even that little statue they buried in their front yard to make sure their house would sell. And they'll tell you that they are blessed, but they'd probably take some of the credit for it because they are so devout. Like I said, plenty of people out there, right, who will tell you how to experience God's blessings. But it seems to me that if you and I really want to find out the answer to that question, don't you think that the best place to look would be to go directly to the source of those blessings? God himself. I mean, if there's anyone who can be considered an expert on blessings, we'd have to say that it's God, right? Of course, so is there a way that we can find out what he thinks on this whole topic of blessings and then more specifically, what you and I need to do in order to experience those blessings? Well, thankfully there is. But I need to tell you that it's a good news, bad news kind of thing, right? Both good news and bad news. The good news is that throughout the course of human history, God has not been shy in talking about his blessings. That the God who made us, that the God who created and rules over this world we inhabit, he has graciously revealed his will and his ways to us. He's done so through his creation, this universe, this world, the created beings that fill it. That's known as general revelation. And what we see around us tells us something about what God is like. But then he's also done through his written word to us, the Bible. That's known as special revelation. And through that book, we find out even more about God and the way he blesses. And then finally, God has done so through his living word to us, his son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is known as final revelation, where Jesus is not only clearer on this whole topic of blessings, but he himself is the greatest blessing God could ever give us. And so you put together God's general revelation in creation, his special revelation through his word, the Bible, and then his final revelation in Jesus, and it becomes very clear that God loves to bless people. God loves to bless people. He does that the heart of God toward us is kind, not cruel, that he is generous, not stingy. And so God doesn't need to be begged, pleaded, manipulated, or coerced for him to, get, to be open-handed with his blessings. No, God longs to bless us, and he has told us everything we need to know about his blessings, especially when it comes to Jesus, and that is very good news. But like I said before, there's some bad news in there as well. And if we want the whole scoop on what it means to be blessed, then we're going to have to take the bad along with the good. Now, technically speaking, what I'm about to say isn't really bad news. It just feels that way. 
Because when it comes to God's blessings and what it means to lead a blessed life, the answers that he gives us are far different than what we would think or expect. Not only that, but they're also much more unpleasant than we would prefer. As a matter of fact, when Jesus himself talks about the blessings of God, he does so in a way that not everyone accepts. They don't. Some of Jesus' words on this topic, they are cutting and confrontational. So much so that if we really try to understand what he is telling us, there are going to be some people who say that if this is really God's idea of how we come to know and experience his blessings, then I'm going to take a pass. Really, thanks, but no thanks. Good news, bad news. And so Jesus is very clear on how we can be truly hashtag blessed. But it also is going to mean that we need to take him on his terms and not our own, no matter how difficult and uncomfortable it might be for us. So having said all that, enter the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes of Jesus, this short section of Scripture at the beginning of the fifth chapter of the Gospel of Matthew in the New Testament of the Bible. These verses record the clearest and most succinct teaching about the blessings of God that you will find anywhere. Anywhere. And not just anywhere as in the entire Bible, but anywhere as in any possible place you could look. Other Christian books, different religions, horoscopes, palm readers, motivational speakers, fortune cookies, you name it, Jesus says it best in the Beatitudes. Now, the Beatitudes are Jesus' opening words to a larger message that's known as the Sermon on the Mount. And it's in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus teaches us about God, about his kingdom, and about how we can not only enter that kingdom, but also how we can better live as citizens of that kingdom while we are still here on this earth. And by the way, the word beatitudes comes from a Latin word that simply means happiness. Happiness. And when you think about it, that's what a blessing does, right? It makes us happier than we were before. And yet, just to be clear, the kind of happiness that Jesus is talking about isn't just this high, this rush, this fleeting pleasure that's going to make us feel good in the moment only to fade away shortly after. Now, the blessings of God, they bring us a deeply rooted happiness and an enduring joy that abides forever. Forever, the kind of joy and happiness that people are searching for all their lives only to come up empty time and time again. See, the Beatitudes are Jesus' way of saying, stop wandering, stop searching, come back home to God. Experience his blessings, and there you will find everything that your heart has been desperately longing for. That's what's at stake with the Beatitudes, and that's why we're going to spend the next several weeks immersing ourselves into this life-giving, life-changing message of Jesus. So today is going to be our introduction to the Beatitudes, and to begin our journey, I would like us to read through the Beatitudes together. So I'm going to have you stand. If you can, stand with me, and let's do this together. Here we go. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. 
Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Well done. You can go ahead and be seated. Now, this is the first time we will read through the Beatitudes together, but I can guarantee you that it won't be the last. Week by week, we're going to dive down deep into each of these eight blessed are statements, with the goal being not just to know what they say, the goal being not even just to know what they mean. I mean, that's great stuff, but as a church, I want us to take it even further. I want you, I want us to know what they say, to know what they mean, and to put them into practice, into our lives, so that you and I can personally experience the deepest and richest blessings that God has for us. Because when you do, it's going to change everything. It will. Change things in your life in the here and now and change things for your life to come. So that's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for all of us. And we're going to begin with the first one next week. But for the rest of our time together, I want us to lay a foundation, all right? We're going to lay a foundation to help us for the rest of this series to better understand what to expect with the Beatitudes. Because my guess is, is that when we read through those eight statements, you thought to yourself, yeah, I know what Jesus is saying. Maybe, kind of, sort of, I think, right? Listen, if you don't, if you're not quite sure, that's okay. Actually, it's better than okay. Because that kind of honesty, that kind of humility makes us teachable. And so whether you are very familiar with the Beatitudes or whether they are brand spanking new to you, my heart is that all of us would come to this with open minds and open hearts so that we could be taught and led by the Holy Spirit, open to what he wants to show us and open to where he wants to take us. So don't worry if you don't have them all figured out right now. That's why we're doing this series. But to help us along the way, I want to share with you these three foundational themes that you and I need to know about the Beatitudes. If the goal is to know what they say, to know what they mean, and to experience them personally in our lives, then I think it's essential for us to get a grasp on these three themes. So when it comes to the Beatitudes, here's what you need to know. The Beatitudes are upside down. The Beatitudes are inside out, and the Beatitudes are one step forward. Upside down, inside out, and one step forward. Now, I'm going to explain what each of these means in a moment, but for now, I want you to take a good, hard look at that list. Go ahead, because when you think Beatitudes, you need to do so with these three themes in mind, that the Beatitudes are upside down, they're inside out, and they are one step forward. And you need to know these because this is what Jesus had in mind when he first taught these simple and yet also profound and revolutionary statements about what it means to know the blessings of God and for us to live a blessed life. Upside down, inside out, one step forward. So let's take a look at these one by one. First, the Beatitudes are upside down. 
The Beatitudes are upside down. They're upside down in the sense that everything Jesus teaches in the Beatitudes runs contrary to what we would expect him to say about what it means to be hashtag blessed. And so you see words like mourn and poor and meek and hungry and thirsty and merciful and pure and saving the best for last persecuted. And how can you not think, really? This is what you, Jesus, think it means to be blessed? Now, it's not that I spend a lot of time on social media, but I don't think I have ever seen a Twitter or an Instagram or a Facebook post that says something like this. I am feeling really sad and mournful today. Hashtag blessed, right? I mercifully forgave someone who really hurt me. Hashtag blessed. I got called a lot of ugly names because of my faith. Hashtag blessed. Now, don't get me wrong. I do think some of the things I mentioned at the beginning, like new house, nice car, happy home, good meal, great trip, these are blessings from God. But having just read through those verses in Matthew chapter 5, do you remember Jesus saying anything about those things like that? No, I don't either. That doesn't mean they're bad or wrong, but it does mean that if you think those are going to be the missing pieces to the hole in your heart and why you feel so empty, then you've totally missed it, right? Because if they were the answer to everything, then Jesus would have talked about them. But he didn't. No, he talked about actions. He talked about character qualities that are so counterintuitive to us. So much so that if he didn't spell them out, I'm pretty sure we never would have figured them out on our own, right? No, Jesus came to take our ideas of what we think leads to a blessed life, and he turns them upside down. And he did so not just to rearrange our thinking as people in general, but the Beatitudes, and really the entire Sermon on the Mount, was Jesus' way of confronting commonly held religious beliefs about God and his blessings, both back then and now today. That's why throughout the Sermon on the Mount, if you take time to read it, You'll see Jesus teach with this one particular phrase that he repeats over and over again. And the phrase goes something like this. You have heard that it was sad, you know, stating some commonly held religious belief. But I say to you, here's the way things really are in God's kingdom. You've heard that it was sad, but I say to you, and so whether it's how we think about money or sex or prayer or anger or messing up or getting hurt by other people, relig religious leaders back then would soundbite parts of the Old Testament or they would quote some man-made rule and say, if you want to please God, if you want to be blessed by him, this is what you need to do or not do, right? And they were so confident, they were so authoritative in how they sounded that everyone just assumed they were right, or even if people somehow felt like something was a little off in what these religious leaders were teaching, they were too afraid to say anything. And so when things kept on going like that for a while, they eventually just became the way things are. And nobody ever dare questioned it. And so for centuries, nobody did. Nobody did until Jesus came along. Jesus, who lived the first 30 years of his life in total obscurity, was then called by God, and he stepped forward to challenge the status quo. He told them, he told everyone that they had it all wrong. And then he proceeded to take everything they knew about God and his kingdom and his blessings, and he turned them upside down. 
Well, that was 2,000 years ago, and yet even today, he's doing the same thing. And so are his Beatitudes. That everything we think and feel and see and hear about what it means to be hashtag blessed, Jesus takes those notions and he turns them upside down. So don't be surprised in this series if what you read in the Beatitudes runs contrary to what you think, to what you feel, or to what you hear other people say. Actually, you and I, we should expect it. Because when you think about the Beatitudes, remember that they are upside down. Second, the Beatitudes are also inside out. They're inside out, and let me tell you what I mean by that. See, most people, when they think about God's blessings, they start with something that's outside themselves, and they work their way inward. In other words, there is this thing out there that I can get more cash, nicer car, latest gadget, bigger house, or there's this event that I can experience, tasty meal, new promotion, special relationship, physical intimacy, right? And when that thing out there happens to me, it will make me happy on the inside and I will feel hashtag blessed so that in their minds, the flow of blessings is something that travels from the outside in. But once again, Jesus reverses that kind of thinking because he says that the key to a blessed life works from the inside out, that it begins with our heart and then it works its way out of us and how we live and how we love others. And so it's not so much dependent on these exterior so-called blessings that happen to us, but rather Jesus teaches us in the Beatitudes that it's so much greater than our circumstances. So that whether life is hard or life is good, we can experience the blessings of God at all times. Why? Because Jesus works his deepest blessings in us from the inside out. Let me tell you why this is so important. Far too many people go through life, maybe you're one of them, looking for joy and happiness to to happen to them, right? I want something good to happen to me. And so they live as prisoners to the if only, right? You know how that works. If only I had the right position at work. If I only had the right possession in my garage. If I only had that right person in my life. If only, if only, if only. And some people work themselves to death trying to make that happen. Other people float through life hoping those blessings are going to come their way. But Jesus makes it clear that to be truly blessed, it doesn't come from a change of fortune. It comes from a change of heart. It doesn't come from a change of fortune. It comes from a change of heart. That the deeply rooted happiness and enduring joy that only God can give, that happens to us from the inside out. So the Beatitudes are upside down. The Beatitudes are inside out. And finally, the Beatitudes are one step forward. Here's how you need to look at the Beatitudes. That the Beatitudes are a roadmap to follow, not a random list to choose from. The Beatitudes are a roadmap to follow, not a random list to choose from. You know, a lot of people approach the eight blessed are statements in the Beatitude like some kind of takeout order at the restaurant, right? I'll have the five, the one, the eight, heavy pick, I'll hold the mayo, you know, whatever, right? They look at the list, they think to themselves, yeah, that sounds good, I'd like some of that. Or I'm pretty good at that one, I'll give it a go. Or maybe they're like, no, that one's not for me, or I just don't want to do that right now, right? They come to the Beatitudes, they pick and choose whatever they please in the order of however they please. But that's not how it works. No, the sequence of the Beatitudes matters. 
It matters. There is a reason why they are ordered the way they are. That with these eight blessed hour statements, Jesus is showing us that the pathway to a blessed life begins with one step forward. And that initial step is the first beatitude. And then from there, we take another step forward because each one flows from the one before it. Now, we'll explore this more as the series goes on, this idea of a sequence, of an order, of a progress. But another way to think about the order of the Beatitudes is to picture in your mind the way a plant grows. Now, I pictured, I got this illustration from Pastor Colin Smith and his teachings through the Beatitudes. But he says, you know, think about the Beatitudes and the sequence of the Beatitudes like a plant through these three words, that there are the roots, there are the shoots, and then there's the fruit. The roots, the shoots, and the fruit. That the first three Beatitudes start from within, right? Who we are within. Poor in spirit, mournful, meek. That these are the roots of a blessed and godly life. And then from out of those roots comes the shoots, the buds on the branches, the initial signs of life. That's the fourth Beatitude, our hunger and our thirsting for righteousness. And that as those shoots develop, they bear fruit in our life, the fruit of mercy, the fruit of of purity, the fruit of peacemaking, roots, shoots, fruit. And then that eighth and final one, it's really more of an outcome, that as this fruit is evident in our life, in this world, persecution or rejection from others is eventually going to follow, Jesus says. And so whether you picture the Beatitudes as a roadmap or you envision them as a plant. Either way, they both communicate that sequence matters, that there is a definite order to these eight blessed are statements. And so as we seek to experience God's blessings and lead a blessed life, our responsibility in that journey is simply to take one step forward. So the Beatitudes, they are upside down, they are inside out, They are one step forward. These are the three foundational themes we're going to be working with as we go through this series in our pursuit of learning and living the Beatitudes. Well, as I begin to wrap things up today, I want to leave you with some homework. Homework, both for this week and for this series. And to help you out with that homework, we've created some great resources that we want to share with you. So you can see on the screen, we've created a page on our website. You can go to the front page. There's a portal through that. Or you can just go to hopefield.org backslash blessed, where you can download the Beatitudes as a wallpaper for your phone, for your tablet, and for your computer. We've got a bunch of instructions on how to do it. It's really easy. As you can see here, I've uh, put them on my screen, so I know it's something you can do as well, right? And let me just say, I I know what some of you are thinking right now, you know? Beatitudes on the front, 168 on the back. Yeah, we are taking over your phones, okay? (laughs) Just like the Russians. So, yeah, that is... um... (laughs) I feel blessed. Okay, Um, one other thing that I want to mention, it's for those of you who are low-tech, we have not left you out, so... We've printed up these cards that you can pick up at our ministry desks in the lobby. So feel free to take one, place it somewhere where you're going to see it a lot, you know, at your desk at work, in your car, on the fridge, in your Bible, wherever. 
You know, whether it's a digital copy or paper copy, whatever works best for you, choose the resource that's going to help you out. And as you do, I want you to think about these four things as your homework. Four words. Let me go through them quickly, and then we'll close. The four words are read, memorize, pray, live, right? Read, memorize, pray, live. We want you, as we go through this series, to read them, to memorize them, to pray them, and to live them. So first, read them. Just take a couple minutes each day this week to read through the Beatitudes, and preferably read them out loud. I found that they stick with you better when you read them out loud as opposed to silently. So read them. And then I also want you to memorize them. That's right. I want you, I want me, I want all of us by the end of our series to memorize the Beatitudes. And I think you can do it. I really do. Now, if you have been part of Hopefell for a while, you know this isn't the first time we've done something like this. A few years ago, we had a series through the 23rd Psalm, and we memorized that. We had a series on the Lord's Prayer. We memorized that. And just a couple years ago, we had a series on the Ten, Commandment, Ten Commandments. Memorized that as well. And in every one of these series, we made memorization the goal, and many of you were successful with that. And so for this series, it's going to take some work, right, on your part to memorize them, but I know that you can do it. And yet, as great as memorization is, that's not the final goal, right? That just to be able to spout them off by memory really doesn't mean much if they're not going to work their way into your heart. That's where prayer comes in, right? We take time to ask God to take what's up here and to work its way in here. I think our series on the Holy Spirit last fall really helps us out, that one of the main ministries of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to change who we are from the inside out. And that happens when the Spirit of God takes the Word of God and makes it come alive in us, right? And so as we pray, we ask God to mold us and shape us and conform us to His Word so that the blessings He promises are the same blessings that we pursue. Read them, memorize them, pray them, and finally, live them. Live them out in your lives where they are making a 168 difference in you every hour of your week, every area of your life. Because in the end, that's where the blessings are found. Now, just be warned, living them out is not going to be easy. I can guarantee you that you're going to mess up along the way. Right? You will. I will too. That's just the way it is. So when it comes to living the Beatitudes, we shoot for perfection, but we also look for progress, right? Progress, growth, spiritual maturity, where the Beatitudes are becoming more and more a part of who we are, what we do, and how we love. So read them, memorize them, pray them, and then live them out by the grace of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit working in you. So that's our journey over the next several weeks. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I can't wait to go through this with you, to learn and to live out the Beatitudes of Jesus. I truly believe that if we can come to this series with open and teachable hearts, then we are going to see God do some really great things. Really great things in our lives, really great things in this church, really great things in our community, and really great things in our world. I really do. And that as that happens, you and I are going to discover together what it truly means to be hashtag blessed. So let's pray together. And after that, we'll respond 
with a song of worship. Heavenly Father, you have created us to long to know you and to know you better. We seek your blessings upon our lives because you truly are a good and gracious Father who gives us all things. And so we come to you and we come to this series open-handed, open-hearted, and ask for your Holy Spirit to lead us, to move us, to shape us, to mold us, to grow us. Because thank you that you didn't leave us alone. You gave us Jesus. You gave us his words on what it means to be truly blessed. And so even though it's upside down to what we might think or what we see in the world around us, and even though it's a work that starts invisibly inside out, we want to take that one step forward toward the blessed life that you call us in Jesus. And so, God, create in our hearts a deeply rooted enthusiasm to seek, to long, to hunger after you. Because really, we're just this group of grateful Christians, saved, redeemed, sealed by the grace of God. And we want to be all that you want us to be. So Lord, here we are. We are yours. Show us what we need to see. Lead us where we need to be. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together.
the reason we can get so excited about the blessings of God is that they come from the hands of our good, good Father. So next week, we'll kick off or continue on, I guess, with the first of the eight blessed our statements as part of this series. But as you go from here, may you go in the confidence and the security that comes in being known that you are loved by your good, good Father. God bless you.